0: Good morning thank you for braving the snow and uh, coming out and being here this morning lovely to see you all Um, are there any announcements this morning Willie is going to start off our announcements and if there's anyone else please let me know
1: good morning I wanted to just highlight our our piano winterlude that's coming up February 18th at 7.30. Uh, On the poster, it lists three pianists, but I'm going to share with you some of their attributes. So starting off with Yuki, Uh, Yuki graduated from the piano program at Hiroshima Women's Cultural College, and upon graduation was invited to take a special advanced course for one year, graduating first in her class. Well, we know why, don't we? (laughs) After graduating, Yuki taught lessons and was primary accompanist for two choirs and a variety of local and visiting musicians. She moved to Canada in 2004. Besides being our pianist for the past several years, she performs locally at community events and shares her talent and love of music as an accomplished teacher. Christine Edwards is from Southampton. She holds a degree in piano performance from Cambrian College and Bachelor of Music in Collaborative Performance from the Brandon University in Manitoba. She's pianist for the Chantry Singers, a member of A Cappella Chamber Choir, co-founder of classical music trio Area 21, and one half of the Hammers and Strings Piano Duo. She is currently the music director at Southampton United Church. Adrian Little is a pianist, a bassist, conductor, and educator who has performed as a soloist and collaborator all over Southern Ontario. He holds a degree in piano performance and music theory from Wilfrid Laurier University. He is currently involved with the Acapella chamber choir the chantry singers, and is the other half of the Hammers and Strings Piano Duo. He's the Director of Music at Faith Lutheran Church in Port Elgin. We are so fortunate to have these three professional musicians coming here to perform on February 18th at 7.30. The tickets are $15 in advance and $20 at the door. I will be available after church in the CE Hall with tickets available for you to purchase. Marion also has tickets and Sally and Lynn Heffernan as well. Anyway, it's a concert not to be missed. So I hope to see you there. Thank you, Willie. Any other announcements?
0: No? All right, Um, there are many announcements printed in the bulletin, so make sure you have a look and see what wonderful things are happening here. So as we gather here this morning, we recognize that we are on the traditional territory of the Odawa Mississauga and the Anishinaabewaki First Nations and the Métis people, and that we are all people of Treaty 45 and a half. May we continue to work to be in right relations with our indigenous neighbors and speak up and speak out against systemic racism and colonialism. I invite you to join in our opening prayer this morning. It is a prayer of confession. Just thought maybe uh, coming into this time today and some things that we're going to talk about today, maybe we could clear out our spirits a little bit and just let go of some things and surrender them. We do not always get along with each other. Help us to show more love and compassion. We may quit when things get hard.
2: Encourage us to work harder and pray more.
0: We curse under our breath. We gossip and judge others unfairly.
2: Guide us to ways to bless
0: those who challenge us. In our hurried, impatient lives, we do not always see the beauty that is around us. Help us to
2: breathe and bring
0: our focus to you. When tragedy strikes, we ask why.
2: Bring us to the answers and help, and help us to trust in you.
0: Our lists of grievances are longer than our lists of gratitude.
2: Remind us of all we have to be thankful for.
0: We are imperfect disciples.
2: Receive our prayers. Help us rejoice in your goodness and share your goodness.
0: Friends, God's love is new every morning, fresh as the dew, sparkling like the new-fallen snow in the early light. No matter how tired or sin-sick we are, there is always true. This is always true. Friends, believe this promise. We believe. Thanks be to God. invite you to stand as you're able and join in singing our gathering hymn Voices United number 401. Worship the Lord. We'll sing verses 1, 3, and 5. the peacemakers, they shall be called children of God. Let us take a moment and extend a sign of Christ's peace to one another. I would invite you to remain seated and join in singing our response of hymn in Christ alone. Last week we had one verse. This week we will have the first and second verse, and the words are on the screen. <laughs> Join your hearts with mine in prayer. Let us pray. Loving creator, help us enfold one another in blankets of loving encouragement when falter in the snows of life. Help us assure and affirm each other when we find ourselves lost in the deep of winter. Help us follow your billowy footprints into sanctuaries of sheltering. Wrap us in your cozy warmth and your soft light of acceptance. We ask us all in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught people how to love you and showed us how much you love us, saying together the words that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day of our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Come forward, or even the young at heart people, if you want to come forward. Nobody from the back pew, though. <laughs> Can I give this to you? I actually remembered it's a small miracle. Love it. Thank you. All right. Slowly but surely they come. Welcome. Thanks for coming. So, give me a thumbs up, a thumbs down, thumbs to the side, how you doing today? Good. Shall we turn around and ask them how they're doing today? Let's do it on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. How are you doing today? Good, good. Excellent. All right. Now, how was your week? Good. Thumbs up. Downside. We got a couple thumbs up here. Perfection. All right. Shall we ask them how their week was? Okay, count of three, one, two, three. How was your week? Good, we got some mixture. Excellent. All right, so today I want to talk to you about something that has kind of an interesting title to it. So I thought maybe you could try to guess it, if that's okay. So it's one word, but there's two parts. So this is the first part of the word. Okay, are you ready? A B, right, so B, that's the first part, okay? The second part, which I'm sure none of you or any of you in here have ever experienced in your life is, oh my gosh, look at me, I am fabulous. What is that? If you walk around and you're like, mm, starts with an A, rhymes with gratitude, Thank you. <laughs> so attitude. So we're gonna take be attitude and put them together. And what does it make? Beatitude. Isn't that a super fun word? So beatitudes are. So Jesus went side of mountain, had this big thing to tell people about how to live their lives. So in the bulletin, um, and I think separate as well. Uh, Laurel made, there was a beatitude for kids that I came across, which I thought was kind of interesting because it uses words like meek. Like, do you know what meek is? Yeah, me neither. I was like, nope, don't know it. I'm just going to grab mine, so just give me a second. So when I found this, I thought, hmm, it's kind of interesting because it puts it into a little bit plainer English and it also gives you something that you could try. So there's eight of them. So I'm just gonna read them through quickly. So the first one is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Clear as mud, right? Sure, no. So this first beatitude, it talks about how Jesus wants us to be humble and to help people in the world. Number two, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Should we ask them if they know what it means? Okay. What does it mean, number two? You
3: have to reach out to get help.
0: Reach out to get help, yep. So if you're sad, then be sad. Feelings are good. It's a good thing. Okay. Number three, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Any idea, blessed are the meek? There's that meek word again. It's kind of fun to say, meek. So the people who are kind of like humble, humility, and basically this one is good things come to those who wait. Are we good with patience? Are you good at being patient and waiting for things? Yeah, some of that is surprise to your families. Yep, that's okay. I am not good at being patient, definitely not, it is definitely something that I have to work on and God gives me many opportunities to do that, which I am so grateful for. All right, number four, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So this hunger and thirst we're talking about isn't like tummy hungry and like throat thirsty, it's talking about standing up for things that are unfair. So people who want unfair things in the community, like bullying, do you guys know what bullying is? Yeah, poverty, do you know what poverty is? When you don't have enough money to be able to pay your bills or to buy food. Sometimes people who live on the streets, they're in poverty because they don't have enough. All right, number five, blessed are the merciful for they will show will be shown mercy. So God wants us to forgive and not hold grudges. Do you know what a grudge is? What is a grudge? When, like, you
2: get so mad that you don't want to forgive anyone after
0: they do it. Right, it's when you get so mad that you don't want to forgive anyone after they've done something to you, right? How many of us have held grudges? How many of us try to forgive but it just doesn't seem to work? How many of us have realized that grudges in life have many layers and there requires forgiveness multiple times over and over and over again? Yeah, it's a super fun part of being human, isn't it? All right, number six, blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God this is actually where the young people of the church come in because as children you see things way simpler than us adults we get complicated we like overthink things you know we see one snowflake falling down in a different direction and we're like what's happening is the world ending oh my gosh I think there's like you know five parts of that snowflake there should be six what is going on where you guys would be like oh look at the snowflake let's eat it yes things like that exactly right you take joy in the simple things you don't complicate it by thinking about all these other things which is wonderful second last one blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god so peacemakers what do you think that is makers of peace I read it in your eyes. Yep, well done. So standing up for people who maybe um, no, sorry. He wants us to be at peace, so like try not to fight. Do you guys ever fight? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Maybe a little arguing. Any arguing, anyone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah God wants us not to do that. Or like hurting people's feelings, that can happen sometimes too by accident sometimes or some of us here maybe on purpose it happens all right and number eight blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven a lot of big words in that one isn't there i would highly recommend you reading this if you're having trouble sleeping it'll help you to fall asleep at night so what does that mean? It says, be strong in your love for God. Sometimes people who don't understand your faith will question you. And mean people might even make jokes. But just remember, you're making Jesus proud. And that means that the words, the mean words that people say are just words. They can't hurt you. They can kind of, it feels like it sometimes, but if you remember that you are loved no matter what, hopefully that will help. All right, so Beatitudes, Bzzz. okay, what was that word? Beatitudes. Beatitudes, excellent, perfect. Shall we have a little prayer before I go out? All right, take your left hand, right hand, clap them together. Oh, that was weak, wasn't it? Weak, weak. All right, Let's try it again. Left hand, right hand, clap them together. Please repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for the Beatitudes. The words were weird and a bit tough to understand, but thank you for giving us these beatitudes for kids. It helps us to better understand them and live the life we are called to live. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. amen Amen. all right kiddos who want to head out to Sunday school you're more than welcome to do that
3: good morning The um, moment for mission this morning is entitled Learning Racism at a Young Age. Now the following is an excerpt from a blog blog written by Adele Halliday. Your mission and service gifts support anti-racism programs and initiatives like the ones Halliday develops as the United Church's anti-racism and equity lead to help all of us be in a deeper, more equitable relationship with one another. And here's what she says. The name calling started when she was about three years old. They were racial slurs, names and taunts. My child, my own flesh and blood, was being ostracized for being black. The people singing the insult, other children on the playground. She may not have necessarily understood the particular terms that were used, but she knew that it was related to her blackness and her racial identity, and it was deeply wounding her tender little heart. Despite all of our intention for modeling, teaching, and proactive actions, our child is already developing racism and inferior notions about herself. The children who were taunting her were offering explicit and overt notions of racism, but they were children. They had not even started primary school and yet the children had already learned the behavior at home or elsewhere in society. That whiteness is superior and that they had the audacity to vocalize that to an innocent little child. And then she goes on, This is in part why I'm so deeply committed to dismantling racism in all its forms. Racism is damaging and destructive for all people in society. It reinforces negative notions for people of color. I live it in a particular way because of my own racial identity as a black person who has lived with racial injustice my entire life. Then she says, the systemic nature of racism is something that cannot be ignored. This effort to overcome racism is a continuous effort, and I am committed to this work for the long haul. And then she ends by saying, and I hope that you will be too. And the scripture today. and it's complicated too. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 to 31. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is not wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ unified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to gentiles, but those to who... <coughs> But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were noble of birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Jesus Christ who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, and in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: So our message title today is God's Ways Are Not Our Ways. So I thought instead of me writing a sermon this morning, we would just do audience participation because I'm sure that scripture passage was crystal clear, right? Hmm. Yes. Well, let's try to unpack it together. It gave me quite a bit of trouble too. Um, This week I was thinking about it and thinking about it and probably should have channeled my inner child a little bit more, less overthinking as the adult, a little more simpler thinking as the child. But let's see if we can learn something from it together. So, in this letter from Paul to the first century disciples of Corinth, Paul acknowledges the congregation is divided and struggling to come together as one unit. There is a lot of bickering, fighting, and quarreling about who is right and who is wrong, and plenty of meetings after the meetings in the church parking lot nothing like congregations in our day and age right admittedly i have struggled with this passage from corinthians all week i kept getting hung up on the words foolish and foolishness and the catholic in me was freaking out a little bit because it felt disrespectful sacrilege actually to read the words god and foolishness together toss in the fact that paul was talking about the cross Uh, Last time I checked, Lent hasn't started yet, never mind jumping right into talking about Good Friday of Holy Week, and I was just about ready to call it a day and switch my passage for today. I was so stuck on that idea of God's foolishness and curiosity about why Paul was talking about the cross that it was preventing me from experiencing the message of this passage. I fell into the trap, and maybe some of you can relate, of relying solely on my intellect, my wisdom, the studies I've done, my human point of view of things to interpret this passage, and it was getting me nowhere. I was too busy trying to figure it all out, not really leaving any room for the Spirit to work and guide me, that I was completely missing the point of the passage, which eventually I began to see. And that became the title of the message today, God's ways are not our ways. So I just want to take a moment, and we're going to hang out on the first line of our scripture, scripture passage for a few moments. And that was this, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. So we're going to unpack this first line just a little bit because it really holds the key of our learning today. So the first part, it says, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. What message? Anybody know what message they're referring to? Yeah, I had to think about it too, so you're not alone. The message it is referring to is about the Messiah that everyone was waiting for died by crucifixion. So this promised savior, this person who was supposed to deliver God's people, died in the most excruciating public, shameful, humiliating, demeaning way possible. So this Messiah, who was supposed to be all powerful, was beaten down physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually into a weakened state and died. Now what cross are they talking about? Anyone? Oh, I can see it in your eyes. The cross that Jesus died on. That's the cross that they're referring to. And the last part of that first section, who is perishing? Who are the people that will be perishing or dying or suffering or not, not getting this message? Unbelievers. Unbelievers, yeah, of the time. All right, so... Stay with me for a little bit. I promise it won't be too painful. So, it is the cross that is foolishness and weakness to outsiders. Because Christ was crucified, or sorry, because Christ crucified is the way that God has acted to save the world, Paul insists that our worldly ways of looking at how we do things and the hierarchy of power will deceive us. Is the work of God powerful? Yes, Paul insists, but this power will only be seen as foolishness and weakness to others. So basically what's happening is this all-powerful savior, the Messiah, is crucified in the most public, humiliating, demeaning way. So brought down to like the smallest of the small. So supposed to have all this big power and then when he was crucified on the cross, brought down to like the lowest of the low in society so God's foolishness in this is that for unbelievers who don't understand what the cross represents they think that it's crazy that we would ever want to follow somebody who was supposed to have all this power and died in such an ordinary and excruciating way And if God is supposed to have all this power, why would God want to put God's son on the cross and reduce Jesus down to nothing in the eyes of unbelievers? Now, for a moment, let's go back to before. We're in the season of Epiphany. Let's go back to Christmas and Jesus was born. Where was Jesus born? In a stable. So this... King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace was born in a stable in a humble, ordinary dwelling with the lowest of the lows in society. So, for people, if they were looking at the birth of Jesus who were non-believers, they would think that was ridiculous as well. Because surely to goodness, a king, well, let's look, for example, look at the monarchy in England. When um, William and Kate had their child, was their child born in a stable? No. There was all sorts of, like, hoopla, and yay, you know, here comes the next king, and so there was public showings and people were having chances to see and to acknowledge and to celebrate and that didn't happen when Jesus who was the king of our lives was born so Paul goes on to remind us saying that remember that you were ordinary people when you heard the gospel you were not the movers and shakers of Corinth if people could save themselves through their own intelligence, then the kingdom of God would be filled with people who were proud of their own accomplishments. If people could get in through their own abilities, they would think that they were just as good as God. Well, we know different. We can't earn our way into heaven. We don't get into heaven because we come to church every Sunday, because we read the Bible, because we can quote scripture ad nauseam to anyone in our midst we don't that's not how we get in we get in because God loves us because of God we get in we can't earn it we can be the lowest of low in society the worst of the worst according to society and we still get in because God loves us so I want to take a moment and circle back to the Beatitudes that we were talking about in children's time so again we see that God is calling like the nobodies or the lowest of the lows of this world and rewarding them. We see that God is going against the grain and turning the world's views upside down by saying the poor in spirit will be given the kingdom of God, the meek will inherit the earth. This is definitely not the way it's supposed to be by the world's standards. To be poor in spirit, peaceful, merciful, and meek will get you nowhere by our world's standards In our world, status and money dictate who you are and what you're entitled to, but not so in God's world. I'm not sure how you've looked at the Beatitudes in the past, but today I'm going to invite you to consider looking at them in a bit of a different light, to look at them as a whole rather than a to-do list for Christian living and live the three principles of the Beatitudes, simplicity, hopefulness, and compassion. So simplicity, to approach the beatitude simply is to hear the words clearly without complicating things with our own prejudices, standards of the world, etc. We do receive more courage than fear when we hear Jesus saying, You are blessed in this life whenever you demonstrate humility. Bring a peaceful presence, open your hearts to others, and show mercy on those who cry for it. Hopefulness. As you well know just like I do this world tends to have a lack of hope we have to really look for it sometimes the Beatitudes invite us to the opposite point of view of the world which is hopefulness the Beatitudes invite us to be hopeful when we place our hope in Christ we are offered hope to the hopeless When we do this, we are able to exist in the world sure of the possibility that the day will come when mercy, humility, peace, and love are the descriptions of what it means to live. That is what we know as people of God. We know that hope can't be taken away from us. It can be pushed down and covered by many things. It can be tried to be pulled out of us by society in different directions, but the hope is always there. And the last way to look at the Beatitudes is compassion. So compassion is not associated with either pity or sympathy. It's something that goes much deeper. So if you pity someone, that means that you feel sorry for them. Uh, Sympathy means that you understand what another person is experiencing, and so you offer some advice. Hopefully it's advice that you've been asked for and not unsolicited advice, which we do like to give as well. The late Henry Nowen, one of my favorite people um, who has really shaped my theology, offers this insightful description of compassion. So if you haven't listened to anything else, buckle up and listen to this. Compassion grows with the inner recognition that your neighbor shares your humanity with you. There's more to it, but I'm just going to read that part one more time. Compassion grows with the inner recognition that your neighbor shares your humanity with you. This partnership cuts through all walls which might have kept you separate. Across all barriers of land and language, wealth and poverty, knowledge and ignorance, we are one, created from the same dust, subject to the same laws, destined for the same end. In my notes here, I have written, mind blown. I'm sure, and I'm sorry that it is the case for you, that you in, in, engage in conflict at some point in your lives during the week or during your day or whatever, and this idea that the person who I'm in conflict with, whomever it is, shares humanity with me Is going to it was created from the same dust is going to have the same exit from this life as I am really helped me to calm down a little bit and not be so prickly about the person who is maybe coming at me and doing something that I wasn't agreeing with or some of the feelings and thoughts maybe I've had about people who have wronged me you know with that whole grudge thing right and It was such an aha moment for me and it actually allowed me to have some compassion for the people who have wronged me by thinking that they are they share that humanity with me and it may sound ridiculous that I wouldn't realize that they were humans of course I realize they're humans but just that idea of the the humanity, like how we interact with each other, how they can make mistakes just like I can make mistakes. It just really brought it into a different light for me. So we are distinct, but more importantly, we share the gift of each being created in God's image. So we belong to one another as family. We are family here and out there with everyone. Compassion requires not walking the same path beside someone, but walking the path in that person's shoes. So God's ways to end are definitely not our ways. God flips the expectations of the world on its head and does the opposite as to what the world expects. We are invited to lean into these seemingly foolish ways of God and fix our eyes on the promises of the cross and root ourselves in simplicity and hopefulness and compassion with the Beatitudes. And we need to remember that we are each made in God's image and God loves us and will never forsake us, no matter what. We place our hope in Christ, who offered hope to the hopeless. When we do this, we are given the strength and courage needed to continue living in simple, hopeful, compassionate ways of the Beatitudes. We are able to exist in the world sure of the possibility that the day will come when mercy, humility, peace, and love are the descriptions of what it means to live because of God who created us in God's image and claims us as God's own. May it be so. Amen. We join in singing this reflective hymn, You Are Mine. (laughs) God's way in the world is illuminated through the gifts of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, who guide us to choose life, to choose the presence of God, now and always. Let us offer our gifts, that the work of the Spirit can continue the work of bringing life in our community and around the world. Let us join together in our morning offering. Like we did last week, one, two, three. Choir, you're on your own. Why? Because you're fabulous, and you've done it in unison once. If we can do that again, and then we'll split in our three parts, and we'll sing it through twice. Thank you, Heather. Sure. Um, you go. Let us pray. These are but tokens, gracious God, of the riches you have given us. Take with these our time, our talents, our questions, our hopes. We dedicate these gifts in our lives in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. During our prayers of the people today, there's going to be time of silent reflection. So don't be alarmed if I stop speaking and then there's some some silence. It gives you an opportunity to maybe think of people in your life. Maybe it's something you're struggling with personally. Or you're just opening yourself up and just letting go whatever it is that you need to let go of. So let us pray. O God, whose wisdom surpasses our understanding, help us to grow as a people of blessing as we offer our prayers for the church and the world. Holy mystery, we pray for those who mourn. May they know the comfort of your abiding presence. We pray for the meek. May they receive the goodness of your earth. We pray for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. May they be filled with goodness. We pray for those who are merciful. May they also receive mercy. We pray for the pure in heart. May they see you face to face. We pray for the peacemakers. May they be recognized as your children. We pray for those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. May they know the protection of your realm. Holy One, we take a moment now to offer up the silent prayers of our own hearts. May we continue to feel your presence in all situations. God of every land and nation, you have created all people and you dwell among us in Jesus Christ. Listen to the cries of those who pray to you and grant that as we proclaim the greatness of your name, all people will know the power of love at work in the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Invite you to stand as you're able and join in singing our closing hymn, More Voices, number 216, wherever you may go. And as we get ready to go from this place, may our bountiful creator continue to fill your life with good things. May our beloved redeemer and brother, Jesus Christ, use you to knit this world together with love. And in the midst of it all, may the Holy Spirit help you to always feel the joy of being a disciple. Amen. Please join in the benediction hymn, Voices United, number 964, Go Now in Peace.